Hey everyone, I'm Jamie. And I'm Andrea, or as most people call me, Anj. And this is Trendish. We'll be covering relationships, faith, leadership, health, and everything in between. I'll definitely troll. And I'll probably cry. And we're so glad you're here to witness the whole thing. Thanks for joining us. We are back with part two. Uh, I know we had talked in our previous episode about um, just the church and what that looks like when you get hurt. And so we had talked about maybe doing a a follow-up to that. And so this is part two of that. And uh, we have a special guest today. Rachel, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Who, who are you? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, my name is uh, Rachel Sanders, and um, I am a teaching pastor and currently leading the worship department at City Church. Um, I don't know how much you want to want to know other than... Whatever is helpful okay. for, you know, the back context. Yeah, I mean, I am uh, married, been married for... Uh, 18 years almost which is amazing because you look like (laughs) you don't look a day over 30 (laughs) when jamie jamie and i were like jaw dropped when bodhi said that last week we were whatever week it was we were like 18 years how old were they (laughs) (laughs) we were five uh yes um so yeah we've been married a long time and we have a 14 year old girl and almost 13 year old girl and a just turned five year old boy. So it's got a, a full house. A lot of things happening in, so the, in the Sanders house. Mm-hmm. So I believe it. <laughs> well, Anj, why don't you tell us why we chose Rachel or why she came to mind for this topic specifically? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, in the, I guess the broader topic we've covered here, whatever we're calling it, the church hurt concept is a really trending verbiage right now but that encompasses a lot of things um rachel's someone who at least i've talked to i think even talked publicly but like one-on-one as well and um two things being in leadership in ministry and then being a woman in leadership in ministry has a lot of opportunities that come with it um really good and really not great (laughs) um and so i've met with a lot of women in those two realms either only you know, in ministry or out of ministry now, or used to be in ministry or whatever it is. And I think Rachel was one of the first I met that didn't wear this badge of honor for any hurt that she has had to walk through. We said on the last podcast, I really don't know that you can be fully embracing the church and not actually experience hurt at some point Mm -hmm. because it is a relationship. Like I can't be married and not experience hurt at one point. I cannot be a part of this bride and not experience hurt at some point. So all of us will, but I do think there's this temptation almost to have this like badge of honor like look what I've overcome like they did this but I came back stronger you know and that's a temptation in every form of relationship Um, but I really see that I think in and through the church and so uh, I was just really impressed by Rachel's demeanor we're talking a lot about honor too Mm -hmm. kind of in and through this but the honor that she carries um, and embracing like the goodness of God over embracing what she's overcome in the church, in my opinion, are, mm-hmm. are just two really strong qualities that I think would be awesome for, we have kind of younger listeners, um, I would say overall for the most part. And I just think it's really cool to see people, to see someone a few steps ahead of them in the journey or, um, 18 steps in marriage, 18 years in <laughs> marriage ahead. That's very far ahead. <laughs> Than where most of us are, but um, just a few steps ahead in those regards of, of not just like, what do I do? How do I respond? Like, 
how do I feel? But then like, how do I live and speak about that? I mm-hmm. think is also very telling of a person and even their walk with the Lord as well. So Rich came to mind. It's almost like the focal point of the story is not the pain, but it's God's goodness on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah right. Absolutely. Not everybody has that perspective, regardless of if, it, if we're talking about ministry or just life in general. It's like you can either focus on the tragedy of it or you can focus on like how you've come out the other side of it. But it's funny when you guys talked about this recently, we went on a walk shortly after that and I feel like we were power walking by the end because Ancha was like so passionate about the conversation. <laughs> so that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. very sweet. I will yeah, I guess I was <laughs> think about it. Yeah. I also feel like we should caveat like we're talking even in the last night, I think we talked a little about church leaders as well. I, I think this goes. It's it's a one one stop shop. Like whether you are a leader, quote unquote, in ministry, or you just identify as a Christian, or you don't. You know, you love God. You're trying to figure your path out, or you don't even know what you believe yet. There's literally opportunity for her in all things. So I don't want to make it just sound like, well, if you step into leadership of the church, that's mm-hmm. your like. This is where you get hurt. It's being a part of this body of that bride. In my opinion, Rachel's expert, but in my, in my opinion, <laughs> I think like you have the opportunity to hurt no matter what. You have the opportunity to be offended, um, gosh, especially on a Sunday morning or however it is that you listen. And so that's kind of what we wanted to tackle today is just some of Rachel's perspective in and through those things, not only on the leadership side, but um, you can even tell us a little bit of your background. Like you come from a family of just being in ministry, being a part of the church. And so I think there's opportunities from when you're a child all the way to when you're a teaching pastor now. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually start with that a little bit. Like what is your background in the church? How did you get to kind of being a teaching pastor at City Church now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up in the church. It was just a part of uh, my life um, from the very beginning. I am not a PK, so my parents weren't pastors, but we were just like, you know, those families mm-hmm. in the church that were like, we were there when the doors were open. We were always, we were like the volunteer serving families. Like we were like Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night people, you know? Um, so like church was just like, it's what you do. It's yeah. what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and my family, my mom's family in particular was in ministry. And so they grew up, um, they had like a traveling, like a ministry, you know, group. And so they sang and all the siblings sang. And so they would do like traveling singing and um, they would just kind of, basically a church would have them come and they would take the whole service. And um, uh, my mom's maiden name is the Adams. And so it was the Adams family. Like amazing. traveling, oh isn't that amazing? <laughs> I know, amazing. it just adds so much to the story. But like, <laughs> they would book the Adams family and they would come and do the whole service. And my grandmother was the preacher. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up when I was really little, just hearing stories first of all, watching my grandmother preach and then um, hearing stories of how, you know, a church would hire the Adams family, assuming that it was my grandpa Mm. (laughs) that was going to be Mm -hmm. the one preaching. But then it was my grandma that would show up and no, it's me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so that was just a part of my life. And so I never felt like limited in leadership in the church until I actually started doing leadership in the church or trying to do leadership in the church. And then that's where I began to experience the kind of the pushback um, and, you know, kind of limitations that were kind of assumed upon um, myself and, you know, other women in in leadership. Um, And so, yeah, I think uh, that was just when we, when Bodie and I got married, I, we had no like intentions on being pastors that would 
have been the, one of the last things that we would have said we were going to do, but it was just like, mm-hmm. let's do ministry together. And um, the Lord just kind of took it from there, you know, and I was definitely the one that kind of jumped in first in ministry and kind of, um, he would maybe describe it as kind of drug him along at the beginning. <laughs> and um, and his official calling came a little bit later than mine. Um, mine was just like, hey, there's a hole, let's fill it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm passionate about at the time, like just ministry and youth ministry. Um, and so that's kind of how we got, that's a very condensed, you know, uh, of a funny and complex story of us getting in ministry. But that's kind of where it started. We spent 10 years in youth ministry and then transitioned into the lead pastor's roles at the church we were at at the time. And um, we had always had this call of church planting on our heart. We really wanted to church plant and kind of go out. We Which is like amazing because like church planting is hard. Yeah. To, yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I have a lot more things to say about that as well. <laughs> so now a couple of years post church planting. Um, yes. And so uh, we were lead pastors at this church, and then we merged with another church in town, um, which enabled us to have the church had another you know, lead pastor. So we kind of sent out on this church planning journey. That's how we came to City Church, and kind of the, the rest it, you know, is history. But I, I totally agree with what you were saying with the church. And um, you know, it's not just because I'm a woman in leadership that I've experienced hurt in the church. There's, it's relationship. Mm-hmm. Any relationship. Mm-hmm. Any long-term, meaningful relationship, um, you're going to get hurt. Like, that's how you get the fruit of relationship is opening yourself up in vulnerable ways. Um, with that is going to come hurt. And I think, but I think, um, and this comes with age <laughs> and um, learning and growing. And once you've walked through enough of those kind of situations, both in the church and out just in relationship, um, you realize that, like, all the good stuff comes at the back end of that. Mm-hmm. All of the good stuff of relationship, all of the good of um, intimacy and real closeness comes from, you know, walking with the same group of people, the same person um, for a really long amount of time. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no one that I'd rather be in the same room with and doing life with than my husband. Um, and there's no one that's hurt me more, mm-hmm. you know, than him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... They, yeah. You can hold both things, and but that's really where all the all the fruit comes from, yeah. you know, in relationship. And people miss out on that in the church because we get hurt, and then we bail, and we yeah. leave, and we go find a place that doesn't hurt as bad, and that place doesn't exist. Like, mm-hmm. you have to embrace the imperfection. And so when you jump and skip and leave when you get hurt, then you never get to that family place. You never get to the place that everybody wants, but you have to stick out into through the good and the bad in order to get the fruit. Yeah. What are some, um, I don't know if this is the direction I want to go, but I feel like people would be curious. So there's, there is this, the idea that you're saying where you do it, you basically have to stay planted in order to get to the fruit of relationship. Are there kind of clear red flags though, when people should actually be leaving an unhealthy church? Like if someone's listening in there, like, well, my family had no choice but to get out of this thing. And like that wrecked us. And there's, you know what I mean? How, what have you seen the difference be in your time of like this? Obviously, it's a personal decision, but is there anything that you've had to navigate in your own space and mind that's like, yeah, this is actually these are maybe some good reasons or red flags to look for when maybe it is healthy to leave and find something different? 
Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I definitely don't want to give the impression that like never leave, never um, the Lord's never going to move you on. Or I mean, there are definitely all kinds of um, good and valid reasons for for change and for a season change. Um, I think my because those reasons so vary. My main advice would be to um, take time in making that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, take time in prayerful decision get wise counsel from people who are not just going to be like ride or die on your side no matter what yeah. um, but people who have walked through a similar situation maybe than than you're that you're in that can give you this uh, a perspective that's not in the muck and the mire that you're in because perspective can be very clouded by emotion mm-hmm. and all of the things that go along with that and so like taking time and getting wise counsel and then if you do feel like it's time for me to leave um, leave well right and whatever that looks like and that kind of goes back to honor like even honoring whenever things have not gone the way that you wanted them to go um, if you're in a if you hold a position um, make sure to leave that well yeah um, if you have been in a place like mend as much as you can relationally um, before leaving mm-hmm. um, because just you know seen time and time again like how you leave one season is how you're going to enter the next. Mm-hmm. And so doing everything that you can to bring reconciliation to relationship or whatever um, before giving plenty of time. Um, and so that would be my two you know, biggest things because there are plenty of valid right. reasons to move on. Um, but I think you know, taking time, getting wise counsel, and then doing everything you can to leave that season really well. That's so good, yeah. I can imagine that... Um, you have had people that you were running alongside in the different ministry opportunities you've had, and some of them are not still in the ministry. What do you think the difference was? Like following God. Yeah, like how can you see tangible things that you know you chose a different path than them that maybe had a part to play? Yeah, I mean, I think again. Um, like surrounding yourself with people who are further along in the journey than you that can speak into things. Um, Because I think, again, just our, our, it can get so clouded. And I think superimposing this person did this thing to me and because they are in the church, like you automatically assign this this hurt from God Mm -hmm. um, because this came from the church. And it is very clouded in that, that does get really difficult um, to kind of uh, separate. And so I think that the ones who are no longer, like either in ministry or in church, um, who have taken that church hurt and have uh, blanketed, like, this is what the church is. This mm-hmm. is what Jesus people, you know, like do. Because this is the one circumstance that, I was treated in this way mm-hmm. or this one person or this one group of people um, and it can kind of stay in that narrow mindset um, and so that that's the thing that I've that I've seen you know the most mm-hmm. of um, you know assigning that and then just sticking with it yeah in that way so I feel like the same thing would have happened to you though where maybe that I mean I'm assuming that somewhere in there there was a relationship that hurt how did you respond differently in that circumstance than they did that lands you still desiring to serve the church, but this people group we're talking about 
having no desire to be a part of it. Like, what was that difference? Because that's kind of why they left. But then I think it's, I mean, we don't want to naively say there's not a that kind of temptation for every pastor, yeah. especially through like COVID and what the last two years have been. I mean, if you were going to leave, this was the time. Yeah. Um, what do you see be like the difference between why you stayed though? Like why you're still in it? Yeah. Um, a few years ago, uh, I walked through the like the most difficult like season. I mean, the ministry is hard and it's just like ongoing. I mean, people are never finished. So it's just like... So a, unfortunately, I just want to be finished. <laughs> so it's just like a, it never ends. It's just, this is process. And so that that kind of ongoing you know, gauntlet is just difficult. Um, but this particular season was so painful. And it was a transition season. It was that we, we knew we were going to go church plant. We knew it was a new season. But in that like time frame, um, it was so, so hard. And in particular for me um, in ministry. And I just knew that in this particular place that we were at, I was just like, um, without it ever being said, I was like too much like mm-hmm. in the room. I was just, um, there was just a lot of things. And so it kind of sidelined me. I was kind of out of it. And um, I remember like writing in my journal one day like lord i'm i'm trying not to give up on the church but i feel like she's given up on me Mm. and um i think through that uh through that season god gave me such a grace for those who are walking through church hurt because i would walk through it before but had never been in this like really deep place where it Mm -hmm. was for me at that you know particular time um and I think, you know, for me, what the Lord kind of took me a journey on was really an identity. Yeah. And really in the like, where is your identity found? Is it being this person in, in ministry? Is it being on the stage, whether in leading worship or preaching a sermon or whatever that may look like? Um, what are you to me without that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was hard. Yeah. That was some difficult questions mm-hmm. because honestly, I didn't. The answers were somewhat ugly, you know, mm-hmm. in in certain areas. Where it's like, oh, okay, that has a higher place in my heart than it should. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think walking through that and like making the choice to lean into relationship with the Lord and to my personal like formation in Him and doing everything that I can to not ever let ministry um, be the highest priority to be um, because my personality and my natural tendency, which God made me this way. And so I lean into it as much as I can, but I also have to recognize um, that I can really be a great employee for God Mm -hmm. and not just like rest in being Mm -hmm. his daughter. Um, And so like my doing Mm -hmm. is uh, way up high on the list and um, just being with him can be can be low, um, and so I think that allowing that process to go through, like on the other side of it, it was just mm-hmm. so much stronger in who I was even without it. I knew I could survive without it because I had to, and I did, and so it was just like you know something getting stripped away and realizing that you know what I could even this doesn't have to define me. I don't have to be defined by this thing. Um, and so leaning into relationship, really, yeah. and 
uh, separating the two in a, in a healthy way of like my personal relationship with the Lord and what he wanted to do in me while still at and faithful to the church, but not being the one, you know, leading and Mm -hmm. doing so. Like giving up your gifts in a sense. Yeah. I mean, letting them take a back seat for, yeah, for a, for a little while. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's hard. That's hard in a business. I mean, that's hard wherever you are. I think Mm -hmm. Switching gears out of the church for a second, I think there's a lot of young people who have to do that right now in their jobs or in their, like, they're hopping around job to job and place to place and relationship to relationship even. And I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of what you just said and identity overall. So, mm-hmm. no, it's another, I won't go down that rabbit trail because that's mm-hmm. another, uh, another episode for another day, but that's really good. Mm-hmm. Was there anyone, I mean, you keep talking about, like, wise counsel. Like, was there anyone that had gone through it before you that you had as like a person in this realm um I have a gift of having like I said a a mom and at the time at that time my grandmother was still alive she has since passed um the two of them were and were an anchor you know for me as far as like in ministry they had both gone through things of like I totally understand and just it Obviously, they're, like, for me um, at the end of the day. Um, but, like, we're able to give wise counsel. And since then, um, you know, Bodie and I have, like, we we do counseling. And so that would definitely be something that if that's not something that you do now, or um, I would definitely um, encourage that. Find a Christian counselor. And then just, like, lean into those, you know, grandmothers in the church, um, those mm-hmm. people that you... Um, and, and even it doesn't have to be grandmother age, but just like find somebody that's a season or two ahead of you mm-hmm. um, in whatever you are doing and then just invite them for coffee or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be a big, a big thing. But um, those people are probably already in your life. It's just a matter of identifying that, identifying them. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And making the ask. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, sometimes hard to identify those. I was supposed to say, I don't know if I've ever heard that. They're probably already in your life. They actually probably are. Yeah. Like, and you just don't think they're not in the the shape, model, and size. Yeah, they say they're not wearing the badge that says, "Hey, ask (laughs) me about church." I look just like you. I sound just like you. Uh I'm just two steps ahead of you. It's comfortable. Come to me. They're they're probably. I would like to be your mentor. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Kind of on a different topic but there's a a lot of people I'd say that I've seen my age or our age that like don't know that they need the church they feel like they can have the relationship with Jesus and just do their own thing I would love to know like how you navigate that Mm -hmm. Um, because that's an interesting thought process and I just see it becoming more and more common oh yeah and I just wonder is 95% of that birthed out of church hurt and the other 5% you know lazy random yeah other things I don't know well I mean in a COVID world now you know what happened in 2020 I think just kind of like ramped that up because everyone was kind of we were all kind of forced to do this 
you know, online, you know, thing, which is, was a total gift. We were able to stay connected in a time where we weren't able to be together physically in a room. But then I think that just a lot of people, I mean, Mm -hmm. stats are just like crazy high Mm -hmm. of how many people have just like not made it back, not come back to church, um, which I think was a tendency before, but then it was just totally ramped up. And now I have a valid reason where I can do this and no one is going to be able to challenge me on it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would lovingly disagree with <laughs> not needing the church. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the church is the bride of Christ. And um, even though we are all people, and so we are all messy, and all the things that we're talking about are going to happen, it is inevitable. Um, but we need each other. And this is what the church was called to be like that doing living the way of Jesus was never intended to be individualistic. Yeah. I mean, we look in acts and we see, you know, really bearing one another's burdens and living life together and doing life in a communal way that we don't really understand, you know, now in our, you know, Western like culture. Um, but this is what it was always designed to do because we need each other in order to live out the way of Jesus, which is the way of love. The only way we can live out the way of love is with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of that, all of the ways we fall short are the ways that we get to show off the beauty of us coming together and complimenting one another and where you're weak, I can be strong, I can bear those things uh, for you. It's a mirror for us if we are... um, wrong which we all are wrong so often yeah. like community is a way to for that to be exposed i mean uh, going back to marriage again just because it's such a good example of like long-term community and commitment of like um no one can tick the boxes of like getting me to where i'm like <laughs> the worst version of myself um more mm-hmm. than Bodhi can <laughs> and and i can see my reflection in how i actually like um, how I actually live out the things that I preach and talk about. <laughs> um, well, live in real time, I have I have to do that with him and mm-hmm. with my kids, with the people that I'm with, you know, all the time. Yeah. Um, if we are removed from community, um, then none of that can bear, you know, bear out in the way that it's supposed to. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we we need community. Mm-hmm. We we need uh, the church to do what. Um, the church was always designed to do, mm-hmm. you know, for us and ultimately, you know, for the world as a picture of what it looks like to be um, connected in this way where we're not just connected because we always agree. Yeah. That is the thing that is, looks really different than the rest of, should mm-hmm. look really different <laughs> than the rest of the world is that we're in this, um, even when we don't agree, which the capital C church doesn't do mm-hmm. great all the time. Right. But, um yeah, and I think too uh, uh, on the other another side of that um, is when our church and our relationship um, with God is individualistic, um, it's just so much easier. Mm-hmm. I get it why people would want that because then it's like I can just stay removed. I can pick and choose what I listen to. I can listen to this person because they always mm-hmm. say exactly what I like to mm-hmm. hear. Yeah. Um, and then I can go to this person and they can give me this other portion. I can always listen to this particular worship person that, you know, 
And so <laughs> that's really easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's convenient. It's convenient and it's consumeristic as well, which plays into all the things that um, are easy but don't bear good fruit. And right. that's what we're called to do, you know. I like that you're holding the two together, church and community. Um, that's because that is what I think is maybe one of the differences that people don't necessarily see. A lot of the follow-up to what Jamie was saying was like, oh, I don't, I can do my own thing. I don't need a church. A lot of it is like, I don't need another sermon. Like, oh, I already listened to like three podcasts a week or, or three sermons a week. I mean, I listen to this person, this person, this person. I don't need church. And it is, it's definitely in the more Western capital C church that that's even what you think of when you think of church. Right. It's just a sermon. And so it's like, no, I don't need more sermons either. Honestly, like most pastors I know would say the world doesn't really need more sermons, right. honestly. Mm-hmm. But just sermons is a part of what we do together. I like that you're saying the community piece because I think it's, this is a lot less comfortable and it's a lot less convenient, but there's a lot of ways to engage in the church, quote unquote, without it being like a Sunday sermon that you listen to. Like there's a lot of different ways people are doing church now, like whether it's the home church community style or like even neighborhood community style. Um, but there's just a lot of different ways people are doing that. The The point is that it's with other people coming closer to Christ together, being challenged in those ways. Sometimes a sermon is what we're doing together in that way. Other times it's physically serving the people like in our community that way, like, actually serving, I don't know, outreaches that way or things mm-hmm. like that. But I just think when you when you try and say, I don't need the church, you're also saying you don't need all those other things I just named. And I can't see, it's hard to see that throughout the scriptures if yeah. you read them. And so um, I really like that you put the two together like that. Yeah, that's definitely, um, I guess should be our first follow-up question is like, how would you define the church? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> when you say you don't need the church, because when I say church, I mean the people of God. Right. That's what I, I'm like referring to, yeah. um, not like, you know, 930 on a Sunday morning, like songs. So yes, that is, I am going to church. That's a part of the expression mm-hmm. of the church, but right. the church is the covenant community of God, the community of people. Right. So we should have started with that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we just, I would wrap it up to yeah, that. Yeah, you sure. basically said all that in right. there. I just really wanted to point it out in case yeah, people definitely. chose not to hear it. <laughs> That, yeah, I think that is really woven in, but it's definitely not how people think of it. I mean, yeah. how we've how it's defined for us really yeah. has been, at least in the past. Um, I think it would be disarming for it, people, too. Of yes. Like, if that was the follow-up question, it would be like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. how do I define the church? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's start honestly. with that. <laughs> you might answer your own question. <laughs> right. yeah. mm-hmm. Interesting. I think, like, <laughs> devil's advocate on the other side, I think there would be people that say, like, I don't need more community or I have that and it's not connected to an affiliate church is that okay are we talking a community of uh like people who are pursuing the way of Jesus or just yes friends well I mean we don't need to get like into the semantics (laughs) of it but I guess I'm just curious like I think there are people that are like, I've got a really rich community, and it's not connected to a, a body of, I guess know. that would still be, how do you define rich, though? Why are they a rich community? Like, do they make you feel good, and you have good, like, conversation about hip-hop and R&B? <laughs> no, no, they're believers. Honestly, though, yeah, they, they are, but, like, what are you doing in the time, in the time, even though they all sure. know, leave, Yeah. you know? yeah. Like, if we're all science teachers, but we're never talking about science, it doesn't really matter that we're all science teachers. Like, 
if we're just like at happy hour or something. <laughs> I didn't say we were at happy hour. I'm just thinking of something people do together. Yeah. I guess I'm just saying there's a lot to the question. Yeah. I just think people. But you're right. People, people would, say would that. people would say yeah, that. People would for yeah, sure say I think. That. Yeah. And I don't have the right answer to that, but I just think you know. Can I say it? Like sometimes church groups are awkward, and so people oh, for sure. totally avoid that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yes, I 100% agree with that. And I mean, my, you know, it's 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 hard because it's you know kind of a, a made up scenario. But like, I would definitely like be. I would ask more questions probably than I would give like advice, yeah. especially in the beginning of like, um, what's the church history? Yeah. You know, where does the um, aversion of a traditionally like church experience where does that come from and kind of like getting to the root of that mm-hmm. to see where that started and um, why you've landed on this particular belief about the church um, and then kind of go from there that would be how I would mm-hmm. you know kind of approach a conversation like that and I'm not saying that what you know, this scenario would be, it might totally fall into like, oh yeah, you guys meet once a week, you dive yeah. into the word, you like, okay, that would be what I would consider a church. Yeah. And so it's more of just like how you define it. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely don't think you have to go to a specific building right. with yeah. lights and, uh, you know, three worship songs, you know, a sermon. Like, I'm not saying that, although that is what I do. That is what I do on a weekly basis. I yeah. stand on one of those stages and do that. So I believe in that as well. Uh-huh. But also, like, yeah, uh, the smaller knit communities, like, yeah. that's really where, like, the discipleship happens. Yeah. That, the kind of Sunday morning church that I'm talking about should just be a catalyst for, for mm-hmm. a deeper community like you're talking about. Yeah. So I think the two go hand in hand. But, right. Yeah. You know. Right. I knew somebody was going to ask, so I just had to, you know, no, it's, ask it, it for yes. them. <laughs> it is. It's true. Um, I just would love to hear, because... While we have you here, and I would say a lot of our people who listen are female. Um, and so this does not have to be ministry related, but just being a female leader, what would you say is the most rewarding part of that? Because I feel like a lot of times we really, we are so quick to talk about what's really hard, but I think we all kind of know what's really hard. And I'm sure you could have a lot of your own stories, but why do you choose to, it sounds like there was a season where who you were felt like too much and it really would have been a prime opportunity to be like that it's too much so I should just back down what what is the biggest reward in you not doing that and choosing to be kind of all of who you who it is that God's made you to be in those ways even though it doesn't fit your the stereotypes of you know a female yeah in whatever setting um I would say reward being twofold um like there's just no other there's a specific kind of delight that I feel from the Lord um, in those moments where I really feel like I'm fully doing everything you created me to do and there's just like this kind of coming together of um, how I feel like he created me in the first place and then also like and now I'm giving it back to you mm-hmm. that crisscross like there's just like this really sweet mm-hmm. delight that happens mm-hmm. that is like a tangible presence that I feel. Um, and so like personally, that's like a big, a yeah. big thing, a big reward. And then also um, for specifically being a woman in leadership, um, 
like hearing from younger women, mm-hmm. <laughs> like having them come and, and share whatever, share their experience or share their like hopes, you know, mm-hmm. for the future. Yeah. I want to do what you do or, which makes me sound like ancient, but like, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's like the last two times that I've preached, um, I've had both times, I think three different young women, um, come up to me and like, I've never sat under a woman, you know, pastor or preacher, which I was really honest. Honestly, I was surprised by, I mean, uh, we obviously have a long way to go, but we've come a long way. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not like the only, I mean, there's a lot, plenty of women in leadership now in the church. Um, and so I was surprised by that. Um, and so this, you know, you know, kind of being able to see how far we've come since my grandma was a preacher Mm -hmm. and where I stand now. And then I can look at these young ladies who are, you know, 20 years behind me and like, I'm so excited to see what they're going to do. So that's definitely the most rewarding, um, you know, thing outside of that deep personal kind of experience to watch and see what um, kind of roads they're going to be able to walk on. Yeah. And the, the, the roadblocks that I hope that they won't have to really experience um, because of those who've gone, you know, before us and kind of making a way, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I keep, we, I feel like we should, just for people who don't know Rachel, describe her a little bit, or you can describe yourself, because I just keep saying for the personality you have, well, I'm realizing they don't know the personality you have at all. So <laughs> what I see of Rachel, I'm probably one of the younger women that, like, she could refer to in that, but... Um, I think she's, this is rare, but I think a female who could walk in, in a room and can still command the presence of the room without overbearing the room and having something to prove in that. She just has like that kind of commanding and really well-spoken, um, just, I don't know, communication like about Mm her, um, a responsibility with that as well. I think she carries, carries too. Um, and just is doing my, my, mine and John's both actually favorite dynamic is you and Bodhi as well. And so I, you could describe a marriage way better than I could, but like what we see of that is one of the most empowering relationships that like John and I have ever seen. And it is less common. Like typically we see you more out and leading and on a stage more than we see Bodhi, but then we see Bodhi, one of the most empowering people I've like ever met probably. Um, and like so charismatic and so loving towards people and like such a different heart of a pastor really like that pastoral role Mm -hmm. and your like teaching role and so there's a lot of dynamics about your life that are really intriguing that I think we could dive way into more that we don't have time to right now but if there's anything else you want to say about really who you are I feel like we've we've kind of dabbled in it but I would love for them to know a little bit of a better picture um, of what that is yeah um man so many different Ways I could go from what you just said. <laughs> so I'm trying to decide. Edit. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say uh, specifically like about Bodhi and I. Um, we'll start there. Um, I think uh, you're right. I hit the jackpot as far as like um, my husband. And he is like always has been from the very beginning of like just my biggest cheerleader. And whenever I was like, oh, I don't think I should probably, maybe I shouldn't say anything, like doubting myself, like he's always been the one who's like, oh no, you better stand up there and say whatever you need to say because mm-hmm. you're the smartest person in the room or whatever, <laughs> even when I'm clearly not the smartest, I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but like just always has never been pushed aside, you know, in a, in a, like a demeaning kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like he's always just cheered me on where I think a lot of men can and do struggle um, 
to uh, to be on the quote unquote sideline, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever, while their wife or whatever is in the out front. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have just always tried to do that in the best possible way. Not that we have always like done it well, and there have been struggles, and there have been times where like I have. Um, made a lot of mistakes and just going out too far and stepping out too far without communicating, you know, with him. Um, and so, but we, from the beginning before it was even really like a word that we knew, we've just always co-pastored. Um, and really just, we just felt that was just like natural for us to do. Um, we complement each other really well. Um, and so I think that, you know, obviously, in ministry and whatever we have this complementarian versus egalitarian and there are some things depending on what range you are in the complementarian that I obviously don't agree with but the word is right I mean we complement male female we're designed we're imago day all to represent him and we complement each other well we have different strengths and weaknesses and that's just what we've always tried to really lean into and my husband is a fantastic pastor. He just loves people so well and encourages people so well. He's like people first. Mm-hmm. I've always been like process first. <laughs> like I see what the way it should be done and this is the way it should be done. Um, and so th- that balance has really served us well to yeah. do it together so that he's always like, okay, but we can't just run over this person, you know, or whatever, <laughs> because your idea is better, you know, or whatever. Um, and so like that whole mentality, like, um, and he has balanced me out in so many ways that I have needed in my like growth because um, I can be very rigid if not you know balanced out one on the Enneagram that kind of you know if you're familiar with the Enneagram but um, oh, yeah, I love that on here yes yes Talk about okay good good deal <laughs> um, four on the Enneagram eight on the Enneagram. Yes. No shocker, the two of us. Those numbers, it's very clear paths to both of those. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. No, I just wanted, we could probably in the beginning, but, you know, welcome if you made it this far. I thought, <laughs> we don't ever probably... do it in the right order, so <laughs> no, <never>. whatever. <laughs> but specifically, I'm glad you, you touched on, like, your relationship clear, because there's a lot of what you do, I think the younger generation is encouraged by, but who you and Bodhi are, I also think the younger generation is encouraged by because I think I've, I've like literally heard out of the mouths of some, some young women that like, well, I want to make sure that my husband wants to be a pastor, otherwise I won't be able to be a pastor. I'm, I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> um, and so I think you guys have balanced, I don't know if balance is the right word, but you have such a good rhythm in that that I think it's just, it's encouraging and good to shout out, so... I think we did want to end before we jump to our what's trending, which I actually forgot to tell you about that portion of this. So Well, I think I would add, too, like, I don't obviously know you guys that well, but from what I've seen, too, like, I think there's such an honesty with who you guys portray yourselves to be. Like, you are not trying to be anybody other than who you guys are, and I think that's really refreshing to mm-hmm. specifically the City Church community. It's mm-hmm. just, like, honestly, the whole staff, like, that's just very much in our DNA is, like, we just are who we are, and I'm yeah. not trying to be perfect. And right. I think a lot of people latch onto that. Yeah, yeah. authenticity. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to ask one more question before okay. you wrap. Yeah. Go. Um, something you just said, where you know Bodhi had was like, well, you know, we can't walk over this person in order to get there. <laughs> like, similar to that, I think there's this connotation with church that 
you if you want to be all in, you are going to say yes and be willing to help in any scenario. And that is what the gospel is. That is what it means to be involved in the church. I think that a lot of times that ends up breeding burnout for people. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm just wondering, like, what what are what do you think about that aspect, and how can you maintain still, you know, like living out the gospel, but also valuing your own mental health and yeah. like state of being. Yeah. Yes. Um, boundaries are um, incredibly important and, you know, incredibly important in all aspects of life. But I think in ministry in general, like we said before, people are never finished. And so there's always um, something going on. We've in the over 16 years of ministry that we've been in, we've been in both part-time and full-time and back and forth between the two, which what is part-time ministry? There's no such thing as part-time ministry. Honestly. But these are are the labels that we put on it. Um, But like it's all the time and it's, you have to be very intentional. And this is another place that Bodie and I are really able to complement each other well, because I have a much more difficult time turning it off um, his personality, his gifting is being able to do that and to, and he can help me and do that. Um, but I think that, I mean, for us, um, several, a few years ago, um, we just really kind of put in some like guidelines, if you will, rule of life. We've talked about, um, a lot at city church, but just like a set of schedule and practices of things that we do that help set up boundaries. Um, and so the main way um, for us is with our phones because mm-hmm. the phone is access to all of my work and the way that people access me. Mm-hmm. And so um, just uh, having boundaries around that um, of it doesn't come into the bedroom you know, with me at night, mm-hmm. um, having it in another place so that I, I don't hear the buzz, I don't hear the text message or whatever. Um, and so I'm able to like, I... Um, try to not look at my phone for the first hour that I'm awake um, so that the first input isn't from Instagram or from Mm -hmm. whatever text message or whatever email that came in at whatever time, that that's not the first thing that I see, that I spend some time in contemplative prayer, that I, you know, see my kids and look at them and talk to them a little bit before I send them (laughs) off to school, you know, or whatever. Just like that little bit of time, um, that's a boundary for me. And then Sabbath is a big boundary for our family. Like we turn our phones off, um, you know, for almost a full day, um, Friday night into, you know, Saturday afternoon. And so that is a, such a life-giving practice for us. And there's just something that happens whenever you actually turn the phone all the way off mm-hmm. of like, I am not accessible right now, mm-hmm. um, which is a little scary and a little like, uh, yeah, it you know, is. Like, um, there, it, you realize you're, pull and your addiction honestly to it yeah. whenever you don't have it and you're not able to access it um like how many times you reach for it just to grab it and look mm-hmm. at the time or yeah. you know whatever yeah. it's just like it is an addiction um and so that has been the biggest way to set up boundaries for us is to kind of put boundaries around that and how we are, can access the work and how people can access us mm-hmm. but i would say as far as like um you know just realizing the value in a no as much as a value in a yes, mm-hmm. um, whenever taking on new ministries or taking on new, you know, 
roles and responsibilities, like taking stock of what you already have going on. Because if you continue to just say yes, you're one, you're going to burn out and two, like you're going to be just like partially doing everything. Right. Um, and so just realizing that like, okay, my, my yes is a no to something else that might be more important. Um, and also like, um, and the other way around, you know, to mm-hmm. that. And so just realizing, taking stock and what you already have going on. If you have little ones at home or different seasons of life, mm-hmm. your capacity goes up and down with dif- different seasons of life. So just like realizing that like, hey, I've got three in diapers right now. You're probably not going to be able to do as much mm-hmm. as when you have two teenagers like me. So like I'm not right. as physically tired as I used to be. Mm-hmm. I have a more emotional things that are happening because I've got two teenagers. <laughs> but like I can do a little bit more because my yeah. two, you know, my kids can stay home by themselves for a little short periods of time. So that makes me, my capacity goes, you know, up a little bit. So just like taking stock in that and realizing that it's not like, uh, you're not winning any points, <laughs> any gospel points by saying yes to everything and sacrificing your family on the altar of ministry because mm-hmm. of this, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that was another thing that we, at the very beginning of like, okay, we're pastors. That means we're going to have pastors' kids. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for our kids? How are we going to try to do this well? Obviously, yeah. we're going to make mistakes. We'll pay for part of their counseling one day. Like, <laughs> but like, just how can we do as best as we possibly can? Yeah. You know, with this, and it was like we're not going to sacrifice our family on the altar of ministry, which means we're going to have to say no to some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whenever it's busy seasons, because ministry has busy seasons, and mm-hmm. we have to know that too. Just like inviting them in on it like hey this is a busy time but mm-hmm. we're doing this together like you can come along with me you can help me with this you know night of ministry or whatever just trying to help to include them of like you're in ministry too like this is what we all do not just what mom and dad does mm-hmm. yeah I love that I keep my phone on do not disturb till one in the afternoon and it serves me so well oh awesome yeah I That's just nice. can't deal with the notifications buzzing all day yes. so if you need me, don't. That's my motto. <laughs> yes. <That's true. laughs> People learn, though. I mean, they learn they the boundaries that at the beginning, if you don't, if you have no boundaries right now, it'll be difficult, but they will learn. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, I don't respond to text messages after like six o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, whatever yes. that looks like, then yep. it's not going to, it will survive. Mm-hmm. They'll still be there the next day. Yep. You know, like not everything is urgent. Some things are, but very rarely yeah. are yeah. things urgent. You know, it's a, it can wait. Yeah. Or I think it's John Mark Comer that says, like, well, they'll find me. I mean, they, people right. found people found people during emergencies 100 years ago. They'll still find me today. Right. They like, to work a little you harder. Know yes. work. You know where I live. <laughs> you yeah. need me, you know how to find me. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's funny. That's good. Well, um, this will kind of lead us into our what's trending, which is the last question I forgot to actually give you. But do you have on this topic of just whether it be the leadership, church hurt stuff, even just knowing God, like, in the ways that that you've that you've mentioned do you have any like books or resources we've talked about people kind of already but any just thing in that podcast things in that realm that have kind of helped push you closer to understanding god your place in leadership your place as a wife mom whatever those things are mm-hmm. um outside of the bible of course because right. that's a given yeah so let's say bible number one but uh, anything else kind of through that lens yeah i mean i would say the most the most impactful thing, the journey that I've been on um, for the last several years, probably four to five years, is really just like, what does it look like to um, be formed in the way of Jesus and like adopting his like lifestyle? Mm-hmm. And um, 
So practices, formation, all of that stuff has been like so huge, you know, for me and really like what I feel like the Lord leading me toward like to be if I had a wheelhouse, you know, yeah. of like this is what God's calling me into and has really been transformed. I've already talked about Sabbath, but just like all of these things of like, man, this stuff really works mm-hmm. when you really do it and you really practice it really is where the joy of life comes from. Um, and so some of my favorite teachers and that you are, you just mentioned John Mark Comer, mm-hmm. like he's mm-hmm. up there. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Garden City, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, his most recent book is Live No Lies. Like all three of those did Talk. you read the Live No Lies yet? Yes. Did you yeah. like it? Yes. It's very good. I've only heard the first chapter, but yeah. He's yeah. always good. He's he's great. Um, and so like those three, um, he just released a podcast to go along with Live No Lies. And it's not really necessarily that. about the book, but he's interviewing a lot of like yeah. um, spiritual leaders. It's a really great podcast. Um, so I definitely recommend that. Um, John Tyson has mm-hmm. a lot of good things as well um, looks, that I listen to. looks so different. Like, what I pictured him in my head is so different <laughs> than what he actually looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, so Pete Scazzaro yes. and, like, his whole, like... Um, so good. Uh, teaching and just, like, way of life. So a lot those have been really um, formational for me and kind of spurred other, like... Um, connections to other you know authors and things and books and stuff so yeah yeah that web of like teaching is very intertwined like if you're reading John Mark Comer you're likely going to hit John Tyson mm-hmm. or Pete's because mm-hmm. I've noticed they kind of all they, they end up ebbing and flowing kind of even right. in and out of each other's books and teachings and stuff um is it is it emotionally healthy spirituality you read he has like emotionally healthy yes all church the woman like God, 20. honestly it's like 20 <laughs> Spirituality I've heard is spirituality the is one of those I have, people really uh, love. Yeah. I have discipleship and church and read I have, uh, most of both of those. Yes. But spirituality is the one that's been read and reread and underlined and okay. I've gone through it with people. And so, yeah. Okay. That's, that's the good. one I spent yeah. the most time on. I've only read the church one, which was good, but mm-hmm. I, I've, I've heard it's a little more specific, the spirituality one. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I would just say you're probably on the right track, on because you read all that stuff. <laughs> Well, when you can't go to church for super long without here. So I know, honestly. Long. I read that stuff too, not as much as you do, but uh, so I'm maybe on the right track. Yeah. No, I can't. I actually think it might have been when I was at ORU, I can't remember who it was, but literally once you hit one, you just start. Yeah. I think it was John Tyson. No, it was John Mark Homer I started listening to. Mm-hmm. That his book, I was obsessed with it. What was it? Not any of his recent ones. I have the one that's like the love one. No, Loveology. Yeah. But Garden City, isn't it no, that one? No, no, no. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's escaping my head right now. You're going to have to cut this whole thing out. Um, the no. black book with white letters. God has a name. Thank you. Yes, God has mm-hmm. a name. That once I read that, I just kind of took a deep dive into all the rest of them. Yeah. That's not even one of his like spiritual formation books, but man, I was like, first of all, whoever your like designer person is, this yeah. is so I don't love it. I am not finding it hard to read this book. Like yes. he writes so he's so smart, but also writes so like I literally like having a conversation with him. Yeah, and literally whoever his like graphics people, marketing people are, it's insane. It really so yeah after that book i think i started getting familiar with them those are good check them out obviously three out of three of us are fans of those in the room um and so those are really good trending we didn't tell you about rachel so what's trending in our world jamie you want to give give an idea of this segment it's just really what are you consuming like what tv show podcast movie book most current in your life Uh right now you're you guys are loving 
X. <laughs> Super broad. Well, sometimes right? I do X, Y, and Z because I have so many things. <laughs> so I'm on like, I really love the Great British Baking Show. Nice. I don't know if you guys watch that. Okay. So that is definitely what I probably watch the most of. I'm like re-watching seasons that I've already seen before. <laughs> There's a new season happening right now, but it only comes out every Friday. I've heard Friday. it's not as good. The then, hosts are like not yeah, as great. I'm not as, I'm not. I'm with you on that. With heard. the the majority, I like um, Noel, which is, I mm-hmm. mean I like him okay. The new guy I'm not as big of a fan of. So they talk I'll, too much. I think is what I've heard. Yes, like, it's like too Sometimes, much commentary. Like the bits go yes. on a little. Where they have always had bits, which I love British comedy, and yeah. I like the the dry. Like mm-hmm. that's my jam, and so <laughs> I like like that. But then these ones in particular, some of the bits, I'm like, uh oh, we've gone on too long. <laughs> It becomes not as funny. These be short, short yes. little like, blurps. So I agree with that. Um, but I long. like the reruns and like the old ones. So nice. I like that. Of course, Ted Lasso. But I love Ted Lasso. Uh, I don't know yes. if you guys, I'm sure you guys have already talked about that because that's mm-hmm. a very popular thing. But we love that. We watch that one. We don't have a ton of things that we watch together. Mm-hmm. He has like golf things he watches and stuff. And yeah, like the together is hard. John yeah. and I do not find one. Ted Lasso is a really common ground yes, John's stuff is. is like dry and yes. boring like golf he doesn't like actually golf. watch golf but it feels <laughs> no, like what his golf are would like, feel like it's to like me. Lord of the Rings and stuff which is like fine it's but fantasy. if you just don't know the context like I don't have three hours of my life to give to this <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, those are good Ted Lass is actually ours currently so we just got because on Apple TV which we didn't have but we just had like the thought of getting a free trial just randomly after the whole world's already watched it. So I'm pretty we're sure I told you. To really do that. far behind. <laughs> so are you on season one or season two? We're actually almost done. We're oh, on okay. season and then also, well, if you had told us this, we probably actually would have done it, but we didn't realize it's like five dollars a month. And you can cancel whenever you want. I was like, we literally could have That's literally when you, a coffee. When you told me to to get just the free trial, Lorenzo was just born. And so I was like, We are not. In what world? Am I gonna watch that in seven days? Like Probably no world, probably every world actually, because we were just kind of sitting around with a newborn. But still, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, for the for the people who have not yet watched Ted Lasso, because it's on a different platform, you can watch it. You can watch it in like two weeks. You can watch it in a week. Um, and it's oh, also you $5. can watch that in two days if you want. Yeah, it's like 30 second episodes. 37 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say 30 seconds. Yeah, but I figured you meant 30 minutes. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> I don't have, we don't have Hulu, but I was. Just telling Buddy earlier, I was like, we need to get Hulu or, you know, whatever, because I've heard good things about the only murderers in the building or something like that. Oh, yeah, like it's that. good. I've heard oh, wait, good yeah, things I've about that. that. Too. That's, and I was like, that seems like a together one. Yeah. You know, like another thing that we <laughs> can watch is. together. <laughs> it is. So if you find those, you have to hold on to them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And we've been, I mean, I've been like faithfully loyal to the, I don't know if you guys have talked about this already, but the, um, the Mars Hill uh-huh. Podcast. Oh, I'm a couple she, episodes behind. Yeah, but she's a big. Yeah, it's fan. good. That's a very good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of scary. It's a, like a yeah, a cautionary tale, yeah. but like, <laughs> but also just kind of like yeah. I mean, it's a good uh, learning experience, you know, <laughs> and also just good. I think it's a good positive. Well it done, is. you it know, is. too. And so very interesting. Yeah. And like jaw drop, like oh my gosh, I can't believe that that, that happened. That that happened. How? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. Um, I am going to say... I just lost it, actually. She keeps notes in her phone. I do. For herself. Um, Literally, Liz. I just finished the Stanley Tucci searches for Italy. Love it. Oh, you finished that? Yep. Love it. He, I mean, I, if I didn't want to go to Italy before, I do now. So, 
I love cooking shows. Not mm-hmm. as much baking, because I don't like to bake. I like to cook. Okay. Um, but just, man, I wish I could go to Europe right now. Are you a baker? Is that why you like the baking shows? I have hopes and aspirations <laughs> to one day be the kind of person that would bake. Yeah, I can resonate with that. So, Are you a cooker? Every time I try to like bake, it seems so like glorious and like calming when I watch other people do it. But then when I'm actually doing it, I'm like, ah, there's it's like a mess stress. and there's yeah. things. And mm-hmm. then like, you know, I you watch them like, okay, your kids can come in and do the flat. I'm no. just like, I'm like no. no, it's getting everywhere. And so I'm just like, I get kind of like <laughs> anxious. Uh-huh. I wish. At the time I bake the most is during this season, the holiday season. Okay. So I do like get nostalgic and want to like get my stand mixer out that just sits there as like an ornament on the counter most of the year. Yeah. But in this time, I'm like, let's bake cookies. Let's do that kind of thing. So I get a little nostalgic at this yeah. time. But I'm more cook more than, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I wouldn't consider yeah. myself a cook either. It's oh, just okay. like, I have a kind of a Rolodex <laughs> things that I don't have to think about that uh-huh. I can just cook. So yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as that. My last thing that's trending is Sandra Bullock. Just in general? I, well, yeah, I just like watched person? two episodes or two movies with her this weekend. So I, I'd never seen While You Were Sleeping, so I had to watch oh, that. Yeah. And then I watched the proposal because you guys, did you know that's twelve years old? That movie came out twelve years wow. ago. Yeah, that makes me feel old. I love that movie though. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. So I yeah, actually almost would have thought it would be even older. Honestly, I almost thought it was like twenty years ago. The proposal that yeah, feels like it why. came out I think like I'm just last expecting year. Worse than, like I don't even. I just expect everything is. Did you know that was like 25 years ago now? Like just because well, everyone that, like the parent trap and stuff. Yeah, like all these stupid Instagram things. They're like just in case you wanted to know. Like Rugrats aired 35 <laughs> years ago. Feel old yet? Like, <laughs> yes. Cool. <laughs> oh, I love that stuff. Anyway, anyway anything else to make me feel old? Mm-hmm. Um, ours was really is actually currently Ted Lasso. Um, I've never said this, but football is definitely trending in our house. I never use that as a what's trending, but we're a big football family. Too big, actually. Like all John and I whine about on Sundays is our uh, fantasy teams because actually he's doing like super well, so it's so annoying. I'm doing super bad in everything I'm in, and so that's also really annoying. Um, and I have freaking Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback who is doing absolutely yeah, nothing. He's doing I, terrible. I'm going to become an uh, ESPN commentary if I go any further in my what's trending with that. But <laughs> wow, I'm so annoyed with him. Do you guys have a team? It Well, opposing. So he's a Cowboys fan. I'm a Giants fan. Uh-huh. Up until this year, both teams have sucked pretty bad. Giants still do, but they're just wounded. So I think if they were not wounded, they wouldn't still suck as bad. But Cowboys are actually doing pretty good. So I can't really like get onto them, but I'm annoyed that he's a fan. Yeah. So do you guys have... We watch a lot of football. Like, football is my favorite sport to watch on TV, for yeah. sure. Um, but as far as NFL, no, we don't have oh, those. Okay. But Bodie likes the 49ers, but it's not, like, diehard or anything like that. We just okay. like to watch. Um, he's a Florida State fan, so college, college football okay, yeah. is more of the jam. Yeah, that's so College, I'm probably more OU, but I think that's because I've yeah. only ever started watching college football here in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, But also, they were freaking killing it this year. A couple of those games, I'm like, man, if I wasn't an OU, o- or OU fan... I'd be switching probably to OU. Yeah. They've had some crazy. Speaking of Florida State, <laughs> I was just thinking of your hat. I I have this hat. It's black <laughs> and it has an F and S on it, and I I like have never known what team it is, and so like I literally will wear it and go out in public, and people are like, so and so, and I'm like, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> and it's like so embarrassing. 
And so I finally like posted it on Instagram yesterday, and my brother commented, and he was like, that was my hat in fourth grade. It's Florida State. She literally took her brother's hat, and her brother's the one So now I at least know it's Florida State. I would have never guessed that. Vintage Florida State hat. Apparently. Probably, because it's not what I would have guessed. Like, are they, do they look exactly the same? I feel like it's not even their colors. It's like black. all black. I don't know. They do wear black sometimes. They, had, they were wearing their... The reason I know that is because they were just wearing them this last weekend <laughs> because I said something. I was like, I like the black. I like the black look. <laughs> like, I don't normally know their uniforms. <laughs> I'm not that invested. <laughs> Me either, clearly. Yeah, those are pretty... Also, this weekend did release some, some really good albums. There was... Um, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Well, Her- yeah, the pr- previous weekend... Um, if you're a James Arthur fan, he just released his new album. Don't ask me what it's called. I'm not Jamie, but just search James Arthur. Stephanie Gretzinger's came she, out. She is the other one I was thinking of. I started listening to Big Sean's, so, you know, I got to hit all the genres. Yeah, clearly. Um, his is actually, be- like, I like that one more than some of his old ones. Uh, it's got a good vibe to it. College vibe, to I think you called it. Days. Yeah. I don't well, know what I'm listening to. Just one song on repeat, I've, usually. I've only listened to about, yeah, like, a few songs on all those albums, but just in case you're wondering in the world of what's being released, those are three that I know off the top of my head. You're more in it and with it than me. I'm sitting at home with a seven-week-old. So. That's true. Rachel, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. It was, it was fun. fun. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know what you thought of today's episode by tagging us on social media. This is Trendish. We'll see you soon.